Everybody. Welcome to Weave You Yasha and Other Tales. I'm Sean. I'm Lindsay. Uh, what episode are we up to, Lindsay? 78. Oh, good job. I didn't think you'd get it. Oh, yeah. No, I wrote them down. Oh. Sorry, I cheated. Good. Good call. <laughs> Only you, Sango. Do you remember what happened in the previous episode? Oh, it was the Panther tribe. What about the one before that? The other Panther tribe thing. What about before that? The, the plot of the Panther tribe. <laughs> Before that. <laughs> oh, the Red Ted Saiga. Yeah, boy, did I forget about all those. We took October off, folks, so. Yeah, we really did. <laughs> Last year we took off November, if you recall. We were doing like two a day, and then yeah. took November off, and we were like, oh, I guess we can just do whatever we feel like in this show. <laughs> but anyway. Stuff happens. <laughs> October's busy. Yeah. There were a lot of parties. And a lot of costuming to do to ourselves. I was a robot butler. I was a steampunk man. And I was Abraham DeLacy. And a cat. Yeah, that's that one. Oh. From Aristocats. I thought his name was Thomas O'Malley. He has like 20 names. Oh. Yeah. Okay. He's uh, Abraham DeLacy. Jesus. Hold on, folks. We're going to pause this. We're going to watch Aristocats. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. You're not a girl, you're nothing but a sister. But anyway, let's talk about this episode called Only You, Sango. This would be a good time for me to bring in the Sango theme right now. Yes? Sorry, I'm saying the Sango theme. No, 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 go ahead. (laughs) No, I'm sorry, I was listening to one of our other episodes that I noticed you put in the bouncy hick music. Oh yeah, of course. (laughs) That made me laugh. Very, 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 very. That was the great. zany music gets a lot of mileage in this episode, too. So, of course, I'm going to put bouncy <laughs> hick music. Not here, but maybe later in the episode when we talk about the various wacky things that happen. Kagome, I believe, incorrectly, calls Inuyasha dense. I think Inuyasha notices Moroku and Sango are like, meh. He just doesn't give a shit. He's just, it's none of his business. So he's he's like, going to stay out of it. He's like, who cares? Yeah. You two are going to get together or not. Yeah. I want to kill Naraku. <laughs> Wake me up when you decide it's cool to yeah. help me. Yeah. But Kagome's like, no, aren't you excited? <laughs> she like makes herself crazy in the middle of this episode when she <laughs> has what is perhaps the most insane fantasy sequence I've ever seen. Yes. Okay. Wait, are we to that sequence yet? We can just talk about it. Go ahead. Was that a baby Moroku? Like they already had a child out of wedlock? Or was that supposed to be Shippo? In the background? Doing like no, this? No, in the foreground. He was in between Inuyasha and Kaede. It was oh. like a little Moroku looking kid. And I'm like, is that Shippo's human was that, form? Was that her brother? Oh, maybe it's her brother. Yeah. Whose name is... Sota. Thank you. I forgot it. <laughs> Because Grandpa was also there. That's what makes this thing so crazy. Everybody was there. It was a modern wedding. I didn't see Shippo. Shippo was there. He was like the best boy or whatever. Not the best boy. The ring bearer. The green bear. The ring Ring bearer. The green bear. bear. 
It's a good thing we're talking about this because this episode has a real bear thing going on in it. That's true. We start off with a, another demon bear. This is like um, that Kagura episode, right? Where they're fighting that giant bear in the forest. Yeah. And, uh, and the bee takes his jewel. And Kagura tricks all of them into thinking that uh, Koga... No, Koga is tricked into thinking that um, Inuyasha and gang slaughtered his entire yeah. packmate. That's that episode, Koga's right? Koga's tricked a lot. Koga is the I Knuckles feel. of the show. Knuckles <laughs> is tricked by Robotnik a lot in the Sonic the Hedgehog canon. Knuckles is the tough guy. Yeah. He's the echidna who guards the Master Emerald on the floating island. And every once in a while, Robotnik tries to steal it. And then somehow tricks Knuckles into thinking that Sonic is the one who's there. But really, Sonic is the one to help. Snuckles a bit of a hothead. Yes. He was the original bad boy. Which kinda is like Koga. Yep. But see, Sonic was the bad boy. Kind of like really? Inuyasha. Yeah. Because he was the bad boy compared to Mario. So who is Tails? Tails is just his young ward. Sort of. Shippo? I guess, but he's smarter than Shippo. Oh. I guess he'd be more like the Hachi. <laughs> well, I don't really know. There's no Moroku in this, I don't think. Penny from Inspector Gadget? <laughs> well, Penny is like, she's the secret brains of the operation, right? She'd so help. Tails isn't that smart? No, he just builds stuff. He's like the stock engineer character, I guess. Why is now he can fly? I guess he would be the Shippo because he's young, but he's not like that annoying kid character. Oh. That would be Amy. Yeah, Amy's the annoying kid character, but she's like the love interest of Sonic as well. Sonic. Ah, well, he spurns her advances. I guess that's good. But I think she's of age now, technically. Especially since they aged her in the comics using the gem of acorns or whatever. <laughs> don't worry about that. Because Sonic has several love interests in that show. Slash comic. And then they had to make another bad boy named Shadow the Hedgehog. Who has a dark past and is ambivalent towards good and evil. And then there's Silver the Horgehog. <laughs> Horgehog. Silver the Hedgehog is a time traveler who's like Bishop from X-Men, oh. who's trying to fix the future yeah. by going to the past and accusing Gambit of uh, betraying the X-Men. When we all know in our hearts it's not true, it can't be true. Oh, Gambit. It's probably Mystique, disguised as Gambit. <sighs> Maybe. She's a rascal, that one. A rascal, you say? <laughs> <laughs> Does she dream of Bunny Girl Senpai? That's the uh-huh. one I'm watching. <laughs> I've, I've flipped through that, but I, I didn't know enough about it to commit to watching right. an episode well, yet. Cats out of the bag on that one, then. That is the quantum mechanics romance. Oh, okay. But it's very weird. Um, not in terms of the plot is just, you know these two people clearly like each other but their attitudes kind of get in the way but there's that sci-fi shit that's kind of uh inuyasha is a show oh right <laughs> and it's got a bear demon so this that's... dark rainy castle town is attacked <laughs> by a bear and i guess they just fight him off because we cut to later where the shogun says look for her find her and then he smiles which is yeah, a mislead a little Gate smile, little teeth shine. Which makes us think he's evil, but he's not. He's just excited to see the girl he likes again. What'd you think of this guy? 
I hate his little teeny tiny pincher bangs. I knew it. I didn't get that. Like, he looked fine. And he had, you know, his little bushy bangs like all the guys in Inuyasha have. But he had to have those little pincher bangs. It's yeah. really detracted. I think that's correct. They typed him to look a little like Moroku so that Sango would clearly be, a, a, you know, attracted to him. But they had to make his hair different. So they just gave him the weirdest hair. So that we all subconsciously would be like, I don't like this guy. <laughs> there had to be something off about him. But his hair doesn't even come up when Kugome's listing all of the ways that he's better than Moroku. And Moroku clearly wins on the hair, so maybe that's why she Moroku was so confident in himself that none of that shit even bothered him. He was just like, uh-huh. <laughs> Can I go now? Is this all you were going to tell me? Because... Uh, she was saying, oh, yeah, sure. She, Sango really wants to be with a roustabout uh, monk when she can have this rich guy to take care of her uh, who won't stray. I love how that was third on the list. I think she was really trying hard for some reverse psychology. Mm -hmm. But Moroku uh, took a few psychology classes at monk school, so he was not caught off guard. Well, this is where Lindsay is correct on everything, that uh, Moroku's more awesome than he lets on and that other people really give him credit for because he ends up being the most mature person in this entire thing. Well, Sango's pretty mature, too, but he uh, he was just like, look, we want her to be happy, right? So she's got to decide whether she wants this sort of life, especially after Naraku's taken it from her. Yeah, you know, I really do like that Maruku, like Inuyasha, when Koga got introduced, he, he was like all jealous, fired up, Yep. came a little more possessive. He hasn't and, dealt with his feelings on Kagome yet, so. Yeah, and Maruku's just like. You can tell he's bothered by it too, but he yeah. keeps it in check. Right? But he's not, He's yeah, he's handling so maturely. Mm-hmm. So this is really like a Moroku is awesome thing. Oh, Even, should we go back and say that this that they find Sango and bring him to the Lord who ends up being a guy that Sango did a job for when she was little, even though she looked exactly the same, except like, I don't know, maybe a foot smaller. Um, well, we could say that, but we're out of time. So thanks for listening. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's go back. Our gang's just walking along. Oh, we have to do this setup, though, with the umbrellas. Which is oh, weird. the biggest payoff of the whole episode. They didn't even Nay, need to do it. The whole season. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't think it was necessary. We could have just had this umbrella thing. But then, we, to remind the audience that the show is about Inuyasha and Kagome, those two have to talk. And they have to disagree on something. And Kagome says umbrellas are useful. And uh, Inuyasha says, oh, no, she's not offering to share her umbrella. She's just no. You should get your own. <laughs> the extra one that she has. And he's like, nope. I'm gonna walk in the rain because there's she nothing better than a wet dog's mouth. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, what else was that? Oh yeah, he hates umbrellas. He says they're gay. No, he doesn't say that. <laughs> like only women and children need something to cover their heads. <laughs> And then he sneezes. Hello, Moroku's sitting there with, like, his hat. Yeah, so I guess Moroku would be the, um... No, I guess there isn't an equivalent of 
Shadow the Hedgehog. I just need to stop doing that. So let's <laughs> never talk about Sonic the Hedgehog again. They sense men on the road. Everybody except for Kagome. I don't she know. Sense anything but I don't know how the two humans are like, hey, humans are coming. I don't have that power. Well, maybe Sango's used to listening for things. And Maruku's got all sorts of monkly powers. He can run as fast as Inuyasha, jump as high as Kilala can fly. We found out later he could throw like a million charms. Yes, out of just one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's got one of their sleight of hand charms. <laughs> For the listeners, I know it wasn't a million. It was just one, but it was a stylistic thing. Leave me alone. So somebody says, hey, we need you to kill this bear demon. Oh, Songo, the demon slayer. Only Songo. Only, Only you, you, Songo. Put the bouncy hick music right here. <laughs> so uh, they overpay. And there's a moment in the subtitled one that's not in the dub where Moroku says, This is way too much. Yeah, there's it's something wrong if Moroku It's 10 like... times, and then he pauses and then says, and he looks and goes, This is 20 times. So that means like he was going to try to swindle them, but then thought better of it, where he's like, eh, No, it's even more than that. Yeah, if he's not going to take all that, yeah. Um, so then a shogun comes comes out and he says uh, no you have to because it's me don't you remember me and I misinterpreted this I thought Kagome knew him it's like don't you remember Sango but she was trying to cover for Sango and be like come on give a good look at him yeah I think she was just trying to be polite yeah exactly so we come to find out that it was six years ago like you said Sango looked the same he was just because at first I'm like going, how, how is he this little boy? And now he's like clearly grown up and Sango looks exactly the same. Well, girls mature And then faster. you see him standing next to each other and Sango's like the size of Shippo. <laughs> That's right. There was that shot where he's like, thank you so much. And she's just like, uh, can you stop yeah, touching me? She's like all tiny. And so it's like, okay, you're keeping her. She doesn't look younger. Except she should have looked like Kohaku or something. Yeah, except for the fact she didn't have on makeup. <laughs> she did not look any different. No. I mean, she didn't. She just looked shorter. Well, that's more than what they did with Moroku in his flashback yes. episode, where he just looks <laughs> the same as he hits on exactly an 8-year-old. Exactly the same. 12-year-old? <laughs> I can't even remember what it was. I think 11. 11? That's fine. Because it was three years, right? And then she became 14. Yes. And then it was still too young. Hashtag S-T-Y. But he invites them all to dinner. Gives Sango more food than anybody else. Oh, yeah. Well, first he does relay what's been going on in the town and is like, defeat this demon and be my wife. Yes. He proposes marriage. Yep. This is where the love triangle is formed, where Moroku just stays silent the whole time. Yep. And breaks every cup that he uh, (laughs) holds. And then immediately asks one of the servant girls to bear him a child. Which could have happened anyway. It's true. Probably would have happened. Because she seemed like she could have been convinced. Yeah. Oh, you're such a dirty mug. Surely you just. You look kind of like our Lord, but with better hair. (laughs) 
So Sango slaps him, walks out, and then runs into... Oh, we should say his name. Uh, Takeda? This is... Uh, first or last name. <laughs> I might have been distracted while I was watching this episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, for the listeners, I walked in to record, and Lindsay was still watching this episode. <laughs> and she has a new baby kitty Yay! named uh, Chaucer, who is currently running around listening to us, being like, where the hell am I? Where's the nearest uh, thing I can get caught in? Yes, already he's been a, a little bit of trouble. But I've never had a boy cat before, so... Oh, well, you're in for... Uh... A treat. Get him fixed as soon as... He's already fixed. Oh, great. Fantastic. So Sango leaves in a huff, runs oh, into yeah. Takeda outside, and we rack focus to a snail for some reason. I don't know why that happened. Yeah. There's some sort of metaphor going on there. It was over my head. Because snails aren't the first thing you think of when you think of romantic stuff happening. You think no, gross, ew. slimy things. And then it's like, oh my gosh, he's the bear demon. Because he's gross. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking something was up with him. Because, I mean, every place they go to has something going on. So Kagome speaks with, with Moroku. Then proceeds to have a fever dream. About <laughs> playing matchmaker. And then squeeze herself while everyone watches, terrified. <laughs> That was adorable. But she uh, takes him outside and compares him to the monk. Or, I'm sorry, compares him to the lord. And he's just like, I'm out of here. I'm going to do some work, <laughs> if you don't mind. So he, Moroku actually does his job, where he looks at the the bear demon stuff. He looks inside the ancient scroll yeah, place. what was that scroll all about? I think he was just narrowing down the possibilities like all right is something weird going on here are they summoning this thing no they don't have any things like that but if he found the pelt that we see later he doesn't indicate it but he also seems to be like yeah i figured this out later i'm sorry i didn't mention it (laughs) too busy being jealous of you but he does this was a great scene where he sees them walking in the distance and is like hmm it looks like they're going to cut away from him because the music fades out. It's like, and the next scene. But then instead, Kagome <laughs> pops out of a bush and says, Aha! I knew it! Ah, uh, Kagome. Oh, an intercut between all of this is uh, Inuyasha and Shippo eating a bunch of food and then taking a nap. Yep. They are really, really um, invested. <laughs> <laughs> they're very invested in this whole job. Well, Shippo said one of his weird things, which is, I must be strong. Which I don't know what that means, but it just means, like, we're going to ride this out until we have to do our jobs for a change. So the Lord, finally, he brings Sango to the romantic bridge and professes his love for her. Oh, and she thought to herself earlier, I don't want to hurt his feelings. Yeah. But she should just do that so that he doesn't wait for her forever. She has already decided that no, she's not going to take him up on this offer. She's not even thinking about it. She's like, I already know, but it's just, how do I nicely? Yeah. But this is where I, I mean, you like frowned when I said Sango is mature, but I really like the reason she gives him, which is a good reason that she has to murder the shit out of her little brother first before she can have a happy life. (laughs) Uh, Because, you know, the first thing, if I'm Naraku, I'm going to be like hmm i still have this boy here 
Where's his sister? Oh, she thinks she can settle down? Well, I'm going to send him <laughs> in to kill everybody and just drink full the, the sorrow that I've brought her once more. The Red Wedding. What is that, some kind of reference to a show that's popular? I think so. Oh, okay. Or a book series. Mm. Mostly a book series. Well, <laughs> I'll watch it one of these days. Sean Bean better survive past seven episodes. So, uh, where am I? So then the Lord laughs as he walks away. And then as soon as he gets around the corner out of earshot, he cries. Well, that doesn't happen, but... I'm like, oh, shoot, I must have been distracted. I don't remember that. Yeah, this is the weird part. <laughs> I hated his laugh. He's a Japanese voice actor. Uh, he's a little old. The English voice actor, as I told you off mic, his name is Ted Cole. He was uh, the criminal they hire in Death Note to infiltrate the company that is the new Kira. Uh, he is Mr. Spear in X-Men Evolution. That's a one-episode thing. I don't Mr. Spear? Know. Yep. I don't know who that is. He also voiced Yamcha from Dragon Ball Z. I think I remember that character. I'm not really sure. And he um, voices another character in Inuyasha in the movie you hate. He is Kiora. I don't know who that is. I'm sure I'll find out. Oh, the movie that doesn't exist? Yeah. If there was oh. an Inuyasha movie that did not exist, he would be a character that didn't exist called Kiora. Wish it existed so I could remember what the hell it was about. There's some kind of fire island. I don't know. There's orphans. Huge spoiler alert. If you think it's going to wrap up the series, <laughs> it's not. Well, I knew there was a reason you hated it. I thought maybe it repiloted everything and just made it weird. No, I think it was just promised to wrap up Inuyasha and did not deliver on that promise at all. Did not even try. Well, look, you got a final act. Do you think we didn't at the time? So it's like your experience with Fire Walk With Me, which is the Twin Peaks movie. I'm going to talk about Twin Peaks for ten more minutes. Let's fast forward through that. Okay, I'm done talking about Twin Peaks. Oh, just like the explosion that we watched for like 10 minutes? Uh, that was the atom bomb, thank you very much, in New Mexico. It was the thing that opened the portal between both worlds and let all of those creepy demons into the it world. It took 10 minutes to open. It was a long drone shot into the center of the the mushroom cloud. Thank you very like they much. they slowed it down. No, they, well, they might have, actually. I think it was in slow motion. I think he was like, you know what? We really only have like 30 seconds. How can we turn this into 20 minutes? Anyway. <laughs> and then, uh, so on Inuyasha. <laughs> oh, um, Moroku gets mad and walks away before he hears that Sango uh, says no thanks. So in our minds, we're probably, oh, that's right. probably meant to think that he's angry about this whole thing. But then he gives that whole speech to Kagome about, like, look. Because Kagome's not giving up. No. It's like, Sango's feelings are important. And he's like, I know that's why we should let her decide. How wise Moroku. But I'm sure she's worried that uh, Sango is waiting for Moroku to make a move and then that he doesn't so this is all solved a second later when nighttime falls and they walk by each other and as she walks by him he says be happy or something oh like i that. missed that yeah I you may have been chasing your cat silence. around yeah yeah okay 
It looked to me like they just kind of awkwardly passed each other without exchanging. Nope, he whispers it. Be happy. Aww. And then she turns around to say something. But, but he keeps going. Yeah. And then the demon attacks. Thank God. <laughs> Shoot. So Inuyasha and Shippo wake up and they're like, ah, oh, finally. <laughs> About time you showed up. And he's going to kill him. But then Sango, who's suited up in this time, is like. All of a sudden? I'm so frustrated by all of the shit that I'm not good at. Let me just show you what I am good at. Yeah, she just... I didn't get that, because I feel like... It seemed like she was angry about something, and taking her anger out on this poor, innocent bear demon. And she wasn't. I mean, she didn't have anything to be mad about. No. I think she, I think she understands battle. She doesn't understand... You know, she's a teenager. She doesn't understand the ways of dating and love, so she, I don't know what to do. But here she's like, oh, this is simple. I just throw this thing in its face. I don't even think she threw it. She just decided to kick the demon. This lady's loaded with swords. She hasn't <laughs> used them since the Tetsaga got stolen by her. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sango just takes it on by herself. And we think she's won. Yeah, oh, yeah everyone's terrified. Yasha's like, come on, I could take care of this guy. When... And she's like, no. I got it. No, it's been a while since we've had a badass Sango moment, so I'm glad we finally got it again. I mean, she she did have a lot of fire. She was doing her job well, if only she had realized it was a normal demon. It was just a spirit. That's where Moroku comes in to save the day and get his arm hurt. Oh, yes, because she thinks she's felt the beast. Which, of course, as soon as she's walking away all cocky and prideful. (gasps) She's pride. (laughs) <laughs> Lust comes in to save the day <laughs> And slap that charm on its forehead And get rid of it And all's well that ends well Do you remember what the plot Like how this happened Oh they had a bench of, They had a bear pelt They Did failed they to Properly dispose of it Because the lord at the time Not the same child Who is now an adult Said we could turn this into a lucrative business if we can make this town the bear town here's the demon we killed here's a bunch of merchandise you can buy which of course they say they didn't sell a single thing yeah it's just too bad because those little bear carvings were super cute and they had like little bear shirts and they had a yeah shippo could have really became the ring bear because he had that mask on oh yeah oh they had those little bear masks yes he looks super cute in that thing that's where i'll i'll put up his shippo formants just for that Where's that mask? Well, he wasn't annoying. All he did was eat, sleep, and put on a mask. Yep. He also didn't help, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be that high. He didn't even offer. At least Inuyasha offered. <laughs> he was on somebody's shoulder. <laughs> I forget who. Probably Kagome. Probably Kagome. So then they just force them. Let's do this right. And uh, burn it in the town square. By the way, the uh, lord... Uh, Takeda did watch them fight and was like, ah. and he finally understood Sango's feelings of this is what she likes doing. I can't tie her down just yet. Maybe later, but not now. <laughs> so they have their little settlement conversation where she's like, gonna go. And he makes the mistake of saying, I'm, I'll wait for you forever if I need to. I don't know if anybody likes to hear. And he looks up into the sky overjoyed like Nicolas Cage at the end of City of Angels 
or something. So same sort of deal. Yeah, <laughs> okay. well, he threw his head back far. Yeah, he's like, ah, I'm dead now. <laughs> but don't worry, the episode's not over yet. We get our payoff with the umbrella. Uh, where Moroku conveniently, maybe he was lying just to get a touch of that butt. Um, the strap's broken on his hat. So then Kagome, oh, I do like this payoff. I'm realizing it now. She does get to play matchmaker properly this time and say, I got you, girl. Here's this spare I've been keeping this whole time. And how freaking adorable is Sango? Oh, yeah. She is like... Look how cute I am. With her little blush on her cheek. Oh, she looked good. Yeah. She's 16, Sean. <laughs> I was going <gonna, laughs> to get creepier, too. I know she's 16. Okay. So I was going to give her a sweater. What were you thinking? Uh, so Moroku stands next to her, and they walk together. And he says, I'm glad we can continue adventuring together. Yeah. I'm like, oh. And then the credits roll, and nothing weird happens. <laughs> no, we get our next butt pat, because it's not Moroku without a butt pat. I guess they're grabbed. He just, like, gets right in there and grabs it. So it doesn't count as a pat? I've been counting them as pats. They're all the same, really. Okay. Butt rub. Yeah. Grope. It's touching. But she slaps him, and he's like, eh, well. <laughs> <laughs> But of course, <laughs> as she walks away, she's like... Secretly grinning to herself. Still got it. She likes it. Of course she you know, he doesn't grab anyone else's butt. I mean, he'll ask him to marry, marry him, and bear, or ask him to bear his child, but... Oh, wait, now I forgot no, about he does. this little I was gonna say, shoot. He grabs the butt of those 12-year-olds. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> so let's not... Flying cool. my ointment. Damn it. But you know what? That could have been a distraction to keep them <laughs> from attacking. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> of course, because then they turned everybody into giant paper demons, but not everybody, <laughs> just Inuyasha and Kagome. No, oh, Moroku. So, what do you think? This was a good episode. It's, yeah. it's a filler episode. I don't think it's in the manga. That was the only bit of trivia I saw. But it was really good. Much better than the recent filler episodes, I'd say. Uh, well, I enjoy a good romance. And I really liked how ev mature everybody was acting. And I liked that the, um, the demon plot wasn't overriding everything. Yeah. So I'm sure I've brought it up before. Every once in a while, there'd be like a fun voyager episode and those are always my favorite like we're not like stuck in a black hole or anything like that we're just gonna go on a date with the delaney sisters oh no something broke let's fix it really quick oh man that ruined the date oh well you know they're fun <laughs> but maybe i'll see Bellana torres later i said everything i needed to oh yeah we're at butt pat number six i think oh it's a six i think i'm missing one but you know what what was the last one I think it was the uh, the Shoga episode. Okay. Well, I'm up to like, I think, what, 57 now? So, Maybe. So I'm the wrong person to ask. <laughs> Always too many. Well. <laughs> Better to have too much than not enough. Well, guess what? 
You're inside the Marsden Mansion. <laughs> to your left. You have uh, <clears throat> double doors. You have a smaller door. And there's also stairs that go to the second floor. Double doors. Your goal, goal is to get to the basement. Double doors. Double doors. Let's see. Okay. I'm dead. You're in a dining room. Oh, four men sit around the table. They're all dressed like Union soldiers. There's a wooden door that is rattling as if something's trying to escape. Blue light shoots out of the keyhole. There's also a, a narrow swinging door at the end of the dining room. Open the door. Open the door. Okay. Or sit down and have a snack with these gentlemen. You could listen to the stories. I didn't bring the clue cards, <laughs> so you can't do that one. No. Open the door. Uh, which door? The rattling wooden yes. one? Alright. Fearless. A long passageway. There's a ghost at the end of the hall. One of its eyes is missing. It walks straight towards you, brandishing a sword. You're frozen in place. It's finally upon you. You feel intense pain, and then... Nothing. Oh! <laughs> you were killed by the ghost! <laughs> That's the ghost. He's a pirate? I guess he's a soldier. I don't know. Oh. Well, that's good to know. All right. <laughs> Lesson to all you viewers. Yeah, when you're playing. Stay away from rattling wooden doors with blue light shooting out of keyholes. Let's end the episode. Say something okay. in Japanese. Oh, goodness. Neko wa kawaii desu, ne? Nani?